0: Month on, on change, and we're going to stay there, even though it's Father's Day, but it's a great message for fathers. The title, you see, is Fake News. And you know, I just did that because you hear about it all the time. But I want you to know there is fake news in the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at it. I, uh, the title was, before 8 o'clock this morning, it was Enemy in the Camp. But, you know, here's how the enemy gets there. It's by us telling ourselves or believing a lie or telling ourselves a lie and believing it's true. Thinking that it's us that's telling us that lie when there's really an enemy in our camp and we've not exposed that enemy. So we want to take a look at it, that today, and that's what fathers need to hear. Uh, You hear you hear people tell their stories and we all have stories to tell but it's amazing how some people get stuck telling the story that maybe the platform they're standing on like I had a bad father I had a great father I didn't have a father at all and people get stuck on that platform blaming everything on that or giving all success to that I want you to know it's just a platform and you can change your platform I've had a Sisters who have, you know, they're a year apart, and I, I asked the one sister, I said, what do you remember about your childhood? And she'd say, I remember mom and dad fighting every day. And I'd look at the other sister that's a year younger, and she'd say, I don't remember them fighting at all. What's that? See, we, we all have... a, a An ability to pick up according to our personality. So the one sister just picked up all the negative and just talked about blaming. And her marriage went to... And the second sister worked. It's the same as the story of the twin brothers. One twin brother lives under a bridge under I-4 in Sanford. He's a drunk. He's an alcoholic. Can't keep a job. His twin brother is a skilled surgeon in Gainesville. You go... So you, you ask the brother who's under the urban outdoorsman under I-4, you ask him, he says, why are you a drunk? He goes, did you see my father? He's a drunk. I can't, I can't get above that. You go to, to the surgeon. Say, so why? Well, what inspired you to be a surgeon? He goes, Did you see my father? He was a drunk. It's like, huh? What is that? One person can be uninspired to not achieve when raised the same way, same DNA, just identical and made a surgeon. Dr. Ben Carson who is the head of the, the HUD department in the United States made a statement a couple of weeks ago and boy did he catch fire for it. I mean everyone was just all up in arms about it but I agree with him because I've counseled with people from all stages of life and just to paraphrase what he said that the programs they're going through and reevaluating all the programs they have for the urban areas because He's found out that you can take somebody that has nothing and give them everything they need and more than they even want. And within a year's period, they would be right back to the place of need that they found them in. He goes, I can take somebody who is making it, making his way in life, take everything from him, and in a short period of time, they'll be right back to where they were. And he's like... I, I'm in agreement with it, because poverty is a spirit. And that's what he basically said. He goes, poverty and lack is a spirit. It's, it's all uh, uh, an attitude that you have. And so uh, th- the statement I'm making here, it just rubs me the wrong way, but it's true. Don't you hate things that just you, gosh, that's true, and I wish it were, weren't. But God is far more interested in changing your mind than he is in changing your circumstance, but when we pray, what do we pray? Oh Lord, change my circumstance. Oh Lord, let that chocolate cake and gallon ice cream I ate have no effect on my body. You know, it's like he wants to change your mind, because when your mind changes, your circumstances change. That's just it. You know, how you see yourself, the thing in your brain that's talking to you all the time. All the time. And the Bible tells us this, that it is, it is constantly, this thing just doesn't shut up. And, and within a short period of time, some small changes. So, let's take a look. Why it's important to learn to change our thoughts. Well, number one, because my thoughts control my life. Uh, okay, if you, you might want to get your phones out and take this down. All okay? right, this this is I'm, I'll say it a couple times. It's it is profound. If you don't think it, you don't do it. Now I know that was boy. that shot right over your head. All right. If you don't think about going to New Smyrna today, guess what? You're not gonna go to not, correct? If you don't think it, you're not going to do it. Like, wow, we can all go home. Your thoughts control your life. Are, can you agree with me? Okay, you're, what you're thinking about, I mean, it's like, should I do it or should I not do it? Should I do it? Should I not do it? What happens when your thoughts are always condemning you? Should I be that or should I not be that? No, you're that. That's what you're thinking about. If I do that, they're going to do this. You can't make that friend. You can't ever make up with that person. Have you ever had an argument with somebody and you didn't talk to them? It goes like this. I should go over there, but if I do, she's going to say that. And then I'm going to say this, and if I say that, she's going to do this. You never even talk to the person and you're having an argument with them. You know, and, and this could go on for days until you... I just hate her. I just can't. Ooh, what she does to me. She hasn't done anything. It's all in your brain what she's doing. Have you ever thought, hey, let me go ask them. Oh, no, they're too busy. How do you know they're too busy? Oh, well, they should be if they're not. It's like, <laughs> it's like... So in your brain, you're been, you've been talking to your best friend, and your best friend's going, they never call me anymore. I don't think they like me. And it's like... All this, And it all going on here. Before 8 o'clock, the title was, There's an Enemy in the Camp. And we can use both titles. Because when we get to the end of the day, some of the things that you've been hearing is not you. It's not you. I'll prove it to you. You love you. Go ahead, yeah, I kinda do, yeah. Do you take occasional baths, showers? Yeah, why? Why do you take a bath? Because you don't want people to smell you. Or you don't wanna smell you, I don't, I don't know the matter. Because it would be embarrassing, right? You don't know, anyway, I make, I, I really, I, I, I don't care about how I dress, but I do when I show up someplace and people are going, oh my gosh, look at that. You know, and then you kind of, oh, oh, you know, I've stood up here a couple times, you know, and I put my hands in my pockets, and my pockets just kind of flared out. Why? Because my zipper was down. I go, let's all pray. (laughs) (laughs) If you ever see this move, that's not the Holy Ghost on me. That's (laughs) That's just being honest. Why did I do it? Because I, oh, my gosh, this is embarrassing. Because I don't want to be an embarrassment. I don't want you to laugh at me because I like me. If I didn't like me, you can laugh all you want. I wouldn't take baths. I wouldn't even wear clothes. You want something to laugh at or get sick? That's, that's there. So you do love yourself, right? Yeah. Then who's that person talking to you at night? tells tells you how wrong you are how stupid you are how you can't do that that you're afraid of doing this that you're not worthy of that who's that person because you love you but you think that's you talking to you I'm here to tell you there's an enemy in the camp there's an enemy in the camp And we've been letting that enemy get by, thinking that's just us. But there's a reason. We're going to get there. There's a reason why we think that. Your your thoughts control your life. Proverbs 4.23. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. It didn't say Jesus. It didn't say the Holy Spirit. You see, you, got, you bring the Holy Spirit as a great counselor into your life. He doesn't run your life. He is the counselor to your life. The one, the paraclete, one called alongside. That was the expanded Bible. And the complete Jewish Bible, it reads, above Everything else, guard your mind, because in the Old Testament, the, your mind and your heart were the same thing. They did, they couldn't differentiate, uh, tell the difference where your thoughts were coming from. Some say heart, some say mind. Above everything else, guard your mind, for it is the source of life's consequences. So what you're going to pay next week was something that came from your mind last week. It... it It is incredible. Another verse that says, it has the power to shape your life. So you want to change something? (laughs) You can go ahead and pray and ask God to change your circumstances, but he's up there going, man, I want you to change your mind. I want you to be in agreement with what I say about you, what I have done for you, what I have planned for you. I want you to get your brain in this area, and it will directly affect your consequences in days to come, without a doubt. Change is going to happen. But how many fathers on Father's Day do we, we're missing our child who didn't call us, or they're estranged from us, or we, we wish we, yesterday was an incredible day. For a Father's Day feast and we had a feast. Uh, there was, you ready for this? Venison meatloaf cooked in the smoker. The venison was half, I think, venison, beef, and sausage. It was incredible. Did anyone have that? Do you agree with me? Oh, amen. I, I get an amen finally. So <laughs> Incredible. But you know how much heartbreak is? I try to get my dad here. Do you know how many heartbreaks there were? It says, hey, my dad did come. Uh, you know, it was a disappointment. You know, because he did the same thing. Or, Let me tell you. Change your mind. You change your circumstances. Well, God has a lot to say about this. And I want to put out there that that there is going to be a time of ministry today. Because we're talking about an enemy in the camp that you identified as yourself and it's not. So today we're going to deal with those that are stuck in this. You know you're in this battle. I am describing your life right now. When I was... Uh, A teenager, I used to sleep with the radio on because of the voices I was hearing. I would ask a question and something in me would answer it. No matter what I said that was good, there was always another voice that said that's wrong. Have you considered this? Have you. And one day I realized that's not me. I'm not that smart. You know, I can barely carry one conversation on. I've got three going on in my head right now. And I'm sitting there trying to answer this accusation and answer that and worry about that. It's like, what? And let me make it even more. Maybe, maybe you weren't as insane or crazy as I was in dealing with this shadow world. But if you've got a three year old in the middle of the night, ah! screaming, you go in there and they go, there's something in the closet. You go, there's nothing in the closet. There is something in the closet. You open that closet and you go, look, there's nothing in the closet. Okay, there's something under the bed. You can look under the bed, get the bed. <laughs> there's nothing under the bed. And you shut that door and go and leave them there. There is something in the closet. But where is it really at? It's in their brain. That's where your fear is. Anxiety. Why is it important to learn to change our thoughts? Because my mind is a battleground for sin. It's not just sin, but for fear, for, you know, anything that's attacking you. That is the battleground. And this battleground, for instance, if... Oh, I, that thing over there, those people over there are tempting me. Those pictures are tempting me. That computer is tempting me. That, let me tell you where temptation, temptation doesn't happen over there. It doesn't happen up there. You, here's where temptation, here's a picture of temptation. This is where temptation works. Temptation is between here and here. Because what tempts me is not tempting you. It's not tempting you. What tempts you is not tempting me. The temptation, you can go to this this movie, I can go to this movie, we can go to this place, this party, and I'm not tempted at all. You are nothing but temptation. Why? Because that is where the temptation takes place. Between your ears. That is the battleground. That is where you are wrestling. And you don't even know it. You've not brought enough attention to it. But the Bible tells us, look, this is an incredible battle that you're in. This is where the the sin of pride, the sin of anger, the sin of lust, hatred, fear, worry, it is all in your mind. It is all in your mind. The Bible has a lot to say about it. It said when you learn to change your mind, you'll be able to manage your life. If you can change your mind, you can manage your life. When people say, I can't change, you can't change your mind. I can't, you, you need to manage your mind equals managed life. So when we manage it, in Romans 7, it says, I love, this is the Apostle Paul, because I love to do God's will so far as my new nature is concerned, but there's something else deep within me. That is at war. Wow. We're in a war within our mind. And wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Your brain is the best asset you have. If you're going to get a job, if you're going to get a raise at your job, you know, you've thought through it. You've you've made a plan. If you're going to invest into a business, if you need to make some changes at your business, if you need to become more efficient, if you're going to love, if you're going to love your wife, your husband, your kids. You know, it all is going to come from your brain. It doesn't come from your foot. It comes from your brain, a process that you've thought through. Now, where is this battle of sin happening? Where is the battle of 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 of, of fear happening? in your best asset to change your life it says it wrestles it enslaves you you know how many of you know uh, heard about grappling you wrestle uh, Joe comes to first service my neighbor he goes oh it's the best workout ever you re- who's wrestled before you know have you ever wrestled have you wrestled lately it's like A minute and a half, and like, (laughs) you used to wrestle in high school. All all, it is the most incredible exercise. It's like you have to wrestle inside because if you do it outside, you're breathing so hard you could you could suck a small bird out of the air. (laughs) He was trying to get me into grappling, and I I mean, I mean, you work every muscle and quickness, and and then I (laughs) realized... I'm not putting my arms around another round, sweaty man, <laughs> and getting on the floor and rolling around on it. There's just something that's just not right about that. And he'd probably be hairy on top of it. It's like ah, I think I my mouth. They say it's great exercise. Good hallelujah if y'all led to do that. So. Wait a minute, your best asset, the Bible just told us, is in a fight is it's being enslaved. If we're not in, if we don't recognize this thing in us to battle it, something's enslaving our best asset. If if ever you've been in in a battle in your mind, is it amazing how tired you get? When, when, when you've had to make a bunch of decisions one day, you may be sitting in a chair, and people, they don't understand that if you're having to make decisions and do this to buy that, change this, go over here, what makes us so weary is that which is in our brain. And when you throw an emotional conflict in there, something you're dealing with someone, something that you're dealing with is the enemy, if you have it, someone in the camp that's lying to you, you are exhausted I haven't done anything all day yes you have you've been wrestling right here we didn't see it but you know it you know it is my child safe where's my husband right now where's my wife You're, you're, you're worrying I don't know why I'm so worn out. It is a battle. The Bible says that battle's taking place, and if, if we don't watch out, we let our old nature take it, and we're going to be enslaved to it. We will do what that thing is telling us. We're in trouble. So learning to manage our thought life, because, number one, my thoughts... Control my life too because my mind is the battleground for sin. So whatever gets our attention has got us. What gets your attention? Do so you know you need to go someplace? So there's places you don't need to go to because it's going to get your attention. Have you noticed people say, Give me your attention? Because you give them their attention, they got you. Give me your attention. I got you. What gets your attention? So you've got to limit that which comes in to get your attention. Why is it important? Number three, because it's the key to peace and happiness. How? How do I get this key? You've got to feed your mind the truth. You've got to constantly feed it the truth. Where does all truth come from? The Bible tells us people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. There's too many people arguing with God. You're arguing with God? You know, I always like it years and years ago. Yeah, they go, Oh, your dating rules are too tough. Your dating rules are too tough. That's not where the rest of the church is. They're not our dating rules, it's called the Bible. You see, I always like it when people say, well, oh, I've got an argument with the church. Well, I think it's the word of God. We're just presenting it to you. And it's a lot easier because everyone, here's how it goes. Yeah, you can have trouble with us. You know, we're a man. We're, we're, we're fallible. So instead of saying, I got a problem with what God says about this, it's just a lot easier going, I got some problems with the church. I'm with you there. I got problems with the church. You know? But what they really have a problem with is God. They have a problem with God's word. And that's, you know what? I don't have a problem with that because at least that's honest. That's honest. I'm just bringing it up right now. It's, It's in the notes as we get there. But do you know what a stronghold is? A stronghold is a lie that you believe. You know, a lot of people think, oh, a stronghold is a devil standing there. A stronghold is a lie that you believe. I can't get that out of you. God can't get that out of you. You have to get that out of you. The Bible says you have strongholds that we have to overcome. What's a stronghold? It's a lie that I believe. It's... (laughs) Something that that I believe so I can, my flesh can be happy. Well, when do we do this? This is quite simple. David, now, David wrote these three Psalms. I'll just put all three up there. When, When do you feed your brain? Well, first of all, when do you need it? David did it. He did it before the sun comes up, all day long, and even at night. Now you might say, "Hey, that's you know, I got a life. I got a job. I just can't." Wait a minute, David was a man known, you know, after God's own heart. Let's have the bigger story. We just think David's just going, "Oh, I just read the Bible because it tickles my behind with feathers." (laughs) You know, it's true. David's father-in-law, the king. Was trying to kill him. He set the entire army out. To kill him. So what did he have? He had to. Fill his mind with God's promise in the morning. Fill God's promises. For him all day long. And at night. Because the king. My father. Who here has got a father-in-law trying to kill you? All right, how many father-in-laws would like to kill their son? That's a little different. That's not what I'm asking. Yeah. (laughs) But greater the need, the more he went. If you read the Psalms, it's, it's quite amazing. David would start out, my life is crap. Everyone's chasing me. Everyone wants to kill me at every turn. And that's the first four lines. And then he goes, but you, O oh God, are a strong, high tower. A tower which I run to. He would state his problem. And then he would remember the promises of God. In the morning, all day, even at night. Because David had an enemy right between his ears. You're going to die. That king is catching up with you. You don't stand a chance. You're the little shepherd boy. You have wronged him. You are just worm food. You're not going to make it. So what does he do? Does he sleep with that? Does he live with that? No, he goes to the Lord and gets the promises of who God is. Morning, afternoon, night. How big is your enemy? Is how much you need to be going and telling yourself the right things. When something inside you says, you're not gonna make it, you're, you're a liar, you're, you're not good enough, you're not creative. If your flesh is always being pulled down down to your old nature, you've got to go and get that word. Let me just go to Bible Gateway on the way to work. On the way to work, just push the Bible verse of the day and let it read it to you. It will read it to you as you're driving on I-4. At lunch, get it out again and push it again. You can have them read the entire book of the Bible. The trouble with doing a whole bit is you get distracted and you're not really listening. It's best if you just get one verse in the morning and think if you can remember it before you play it again because you're really, that's how you're meditating on it. And then when you do it a third time that night, you're going to know half of it by heart. You're fighting back that voice that's not you. You like you. Who is speaking to you? And why do you think it's you? That doesn't make sense. Well, see where we are here we have three enemies trying to imprison us one is your old nature it tells us you know that that this old nature wants it it, it wants to imprison us it says, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. It's another scripture saying your mind is in a war. This power makes me a slave to sin that is still within me. Here's, here's how you know it's your old nature. is when you're, you know, you put the scale out there, you talk to yourself, and you see something you want to do, and you're going, you know, I know this isn't going to be good, but that's the old nature talking. Well... I know I'm going to pay for this in the morning, but I deserve, I deserve this, a little pleasure. I work hard. Nobody's going to know. That's your old nature, and your old nature is not your friend. Two and three are right behind it. Two is Satan, and the other is our culture. Everything around us says, you know, don't, you don't need to be responsible. Just, just act on impulse. Let me, tell me what advertisers advertise this. Our, our whole culture encourages the lack of discipline. All right? Who says, hey, you deserve a break today? Who? McDonald's. You know what? You, come on. And really, McDonald's is a break? <laughs> it's like so, every time we go through the drive-through, I'm yelling. I'm mad at somebody. He's the guy. The one person one person in the car, and they're going, "No, no, change that order." Uh, uh, what were they doing the ten minutes they sat in line with the sign right in front of them? What the order? You know, don't uh, never, don't go me. Th- <laughs> every mo- and yet I go back because I deserve a break today. That's no break. <laughs> But something inside of me goes, I need a break today. I'm going to McDonald's. You know? Wow. How about, <laughs> have it your way. Burger King. Yeah. So how many have it your way? I'll have a number two. <laughs> have it your way. I want it free. <laughs> uh, no, sir, you you got to pay for it. It says, have it my way. I want a free one. All right. You can see that you do not want to work at a McDonald's or Burger King with me in the line. Oh Okay, whenever I'm not... Can I just take a little side to it? I am horrible. I am a horrible person. Saved by grace. Every other day, I go to McDonald's for breakfast. Just breakfast. Nobody does that brown thing, that hash brown. I don't know how they do it. But it's like... Steak, it's crispy, it's hot, it's potato. I mean, it's the best of all worlds. If they could sprinkle bacon on it, it would just, but, (laughs) I bet if you're almost to perfection, don't push it. So I get the two burrito meal, you know, so it's a number 13. (laughs) And and it's kind of like I'm in the soup Nazi line, you know, I go up there going, I go, a number 13 meal Large coffee, four creams, cup of water. That completes my order. Every morning. Every morning. Uh, uh, That was uh, the muffin. Number 13. Was that seven? Number 13. No sauce. Large coffee, four creams, a cup of water. That completes my order. Now, that was the two burrito meals. No, it is one meal with two burritos in it. So, sir, are you ordering two burrito meals? Hold on. Number 13. <laughs> it's like, Every morning, every morning. It's like, I don't get it. I, it's every, I, how do they train somebody new every day? You would think <laughs> by Friday, that person has done that job before. It's like, everyone is, okay, forgive me. We do it all for you. McDonald's again. They do it all for me. Wash my car. You know, it, it's, there's, uh, obey your thirst. Like, thirst, what are you saying today? You know? Obey my thirst? How about just to obey me? Obey your thirst. You're not going to get this. I am what I am. Reebok, very good. I like the other. Enjoy Coca Cola. It's like, hey, you, you, just enjoy. Yeah, enjoy what? I have no idea, but I'm gonna enjoy. Everything is telling this. Hey, and, and the the creme de la creme is what? Just do it. Yeah, it, yeah. what is, you know, I'm on I'm, I'm standing on a mountain on the edge of the cliff, and someone says, "Just do it. All right <laughs> There's no restraint. It's, it's in our cultures everywhere. We'll move along. It's in Hollywood, it's in radio. First John tells us. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, that's pleasure, the lust of the eye, possessions, the pride of life position, comes not from the Father but the world. All that stuff that comes to us, I really want, I really need, I love this, I want to have this position, I want to go, I want to be seen doing that. That needs to be countered by what God is saying to us. He's not saying you can't have it. But if that's all in your mind, if that's the only thing you're thinking of, we got a problem. I use the scripture some. A couple of messages ago, it still applies for us today here at this time, and we're going to take it a different way. For though uh, we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Where's the stronghold? Right here. A stronghold is a lie that you believe. It's a lie that you believe. I won't get caught. This won't hurt anyone. She'll never find out. He'll never do this. It's a lie that you believe is a stronghold. No one can get that out except you applying divine, a divine weapon to it. The divine weapon is the word of God. We demolish all these arguments, all these everything that sets itself up, the pretensions in your mind that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, it says, take it captive. Every Remember the raccoons I took captive? The possum I took captive? We've got to take these, these things captive by God's word. David, morning, afternoon, and night, because the only thing going through his head is how how and how fast his father-in-law was going to kill him the armies of israel were hunting him down like a dog he was living in caves so he put god's promises in his mind you make them captive to make it obedient to christ there's an enemy in the camp If you're much like the first service in which I believe that you are. Because everyone in the church has struggled. There's an enemy in the camp that we no longer recognize it as an enemy. There's someone talking to you that is just destroying you. they saying, you can't do this. You can't do that. You're not good enough. You're not this. You're not that. And some of it's true. You know what? I'm not going to play in the NBA. You know? <laughs> Would you agree? I'm 62 years old, you know. I wasn't that good to play there when I was, I'm not talking about that stuff, I'm talking about things that constantly tell you you're not good enough as a father, your father wasn't good enough for you, these things that are haunting you and you've taken them on and you can't tell that it's not your voice anymore. You've taken it on as it's you talking to you. That's why it's so believable. You're believing a lie. That's a stronghold. You are putting strongholds in your life because you allow this voice that talks to you at night, talks to you during the day, saying that you're not going to do this. You're to blame for that. They're to blame for this. So you don't change. I'm going I'm to have to have more help. I had Aslan to help me th- this morning And I didn't realize how many people were going to come down. I didn't think that many people were going to come down. Because I know how it applies to everyone in this room. But there's a special group of us. You know that voice. You know that voice is going to talk to you. And you've used it as a friend. You see, here's here's how you take on this stronghold in your life. You're upset. You're angry with someone. Someone's caused you to be afraid when you were a teenager someone has stepped into your life. something has happened and has caused fear well you can cower and take on us at that spirit There's, but some people step up in anger. They take on this rage and they don't care the consequences. But it empowers you. You're going to say things that you would never say. You're going to do things that you would never do. The old story, just for those who haven't heard it, I'm driving down the street in my German sports car. I was in high school. A Volkswagen bug. It was foreign. It's a sports car. (laughs) And this bottle, this beer bottle comes flying out of the car going this way, hits the front of my Volkswagen. Man, I double-clutched it, dropped it in a second, spun that thing, and I'm, and I chase them. They, they see me chasing them, they, they turn down the street. I, they come around the corner, they go this, and I come, I'm catching them. That must have been like in a Fiat or something. and I come out, I cut in front of them, and I get out, and I go walking up there, and I'm, I am so. In race, I was going to rip the doors off that car. And then one guy gets out. He goes, hey, dude, it's a bunch of surfer guys. Hey, dude, one guy gets out. Man, uh, we, do, we don't know what's going on, man. What, what, what are you doing? Then another guy gets out. He goes, hey, man, that was crazy driving, dude. And then another guy gets out. And I'm going, come on. Who threw the beer bottle? Who threw it? Come on, come on, come on, come on. There are five guys in that car. And so I'm sitting there going, they're gonna kill me. <laughs> you know, where's that anger now? I'm coming to my senses. I was starting to love myself again. And how am I gonna get out of it? But I could have stayed, I, you know, I gotta stay in rage and I gotta make them afraid. It was just, I think they were, hmm. but uh, <laughs> they were afraid of me they didn't even think about it. But you know what? That anger empowered me to do something. I would never stand up to five guys. If I knew five guys were going to get out of that car my size and bigger, I would have never had done it. But anger became my friend. Anger became me. And it wasn't. It was a spirit. Now I've just let this thing... Talk to me whenever it wants to because I think it's me talking. It's not me talking. Some of you have allowed fear to come into your camp and you think it's you. Self-doubt, lust, be controlled by the culture and you never argue with it. When I started arguing with it, I said, this is not me. I love me. Why is it I love me and then I go to bed at night and I got these things that I'm arguing with in my brain and it's talking back to me. That's the person I want. You know you're in this battle, and you need to get the separation between you and this oppression, or else the battle, you're going to lose this battle every time you think it's you telling you to do that, even though in two weeks you're going to pay for it. The man who gets in an argument with his wife and punches a hole in the wall, who's going to fix that hole? He is. Do you just hate yourself? like I'm gonna do something then I'm gonna be just so mad when I have to fix it but I'll show her what that you're an idiot there's a lie in your life that you believe to be true that you believe that that voice is you and it's a spirit it's an oppression in your life and you need to call it out you need to go through the camp and say not on my team that's not me. I like me. And you need to go to God's word and counter that thought. That person who's in, really in that, that, that battle, I'm going to have you and we stand up. I'm going to have you come down and I want different leaders to come lay hands on you. And I'm going to bind that oppression in Jesus name but you have to talk to it when you find it talking to you you talk back to it and see one day if it's today tomorrow this week it's gonna it's gonna stand up and argue with you you don't argue with you I have an opinion and I'm unanimous in it You know, just, I don't have an opinion and having an argument that is an enemy in your camp You lose that battle every time until you get that fake news out of your life.